Professionals at this shit for sure. Yeah. Okay, we're on. We're on right now. Yates. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is Kent. And I'm John. It is so very nice to hear from you all. Have to shout out first and foremost, Shane, for that killer goddamn the intro. The intro is have, pretty it's wicked. Beautiful. Yeah. Big fan of it. Thank yep. you, Shane. He took his time with it, and we are grateful he did because yeah. it's fucking awesome. I'm, I'm never, never mad waiting for quality. No, no. Speaking of quality, something new, guys, just coming up. Uh, newest sponsor, Black Belt CBD. Use discount code JohnZP25 for 25% off all products. Fancy. All right. We have a guest this evening. We do. Jordan, is it Pitsman? I'm going to botch his name. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to say Pitsman. Pitsman. I don't know. I, I like just saying it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Either way, we're going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to try to give him a call. See if he's home. Mm-hmm. Fancy technology. Call ended. That's a good. That's a good start. What does that mean? That means he's not home. Retrying. Oh. Maybe I'll try messaging him, saying Jordan, answer your goddamn phone. While we chat. While we chat, yeah. Uh, Ryan Bader. Jesus. I mean, like, what can I say? I love Fedor. I like Bader a lot. I'm not mad, but I just want Fedora to win forever. <laughs> yeah. I want all of his losses erased. Yeah. I want everybody's <laughs> mind wiped. Yeah. And I want him to retire undefeated. Yeah. Best ever champion in history. Because he was technically undefeated, other than that one fight he had when he had that gruesome gash. Yeah, and, he was undefeated besides the losses. I mean, up until he meet Fabrizio <laughs> Redoom, he almost choked him unconscious. Mm. Um, up until then, he was... Driving right into the fucking guard, dry. Like, that's balls. He's oh, just balls. He's Redoom? all balls. Against Redoom? Yeah. Fuck that, you're crazy, man. Fucking crazy. He's a madman. Yeah, so Ryan Bader, champ, champ. It's happy crazy. about that. He has had quite the surge... Since coming to Bellator, big things, real big things. Happy mm-hmm. to see. Uh, now, I wonder what he's getting paid. Is it out there? Like, I want to know what he's getting paid total in comparison to people in the UFC at his um, level. I would say he's. Well, you have to take into account the goddamn sponsorships that that the guys in the UFC are, are failing to receive. Well, I don't days. think they're failing to receive it. I just... you're. If you're in the UFC, you have to stop shouting out your sponsors at the first day of fight week. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's when you're officially UFC media. Yes. Right? Because UFC is its own TV station. It's like if if I wore an Adidas t-shirt mm-hmm. on a fucking station that was sponsored by Reebok, right. 
Reebok would be like, what the fuck's up? Yeah. That's not acceptable. I'm not happy about it. That's right. So the UFC, they're their own media. They yep. want you buying their things. Yep. Their things now are Reebok. Yes. So they're not going to let you, like, do something else besides that. I mean, these these are the rules, right? Yeah. And, like, while I understand the little guy, you can't deny the fact that if the UFC charges advertisers like uh, Modelo, right, yeah. that beer yeah, company, yeah. Yeah. what do you think they're paying? What do you think they're paying the UFC? Oh, jeez. Like a lot, right? I, I would say I would say a lot. So yeah. if they're paying the UFC a lot, yeah. why would someone who gave a fighter $500 yeah. have a spot on their shorts? And then the UFC's giving just as many eyeballs yeah. to Modelo in the cage mm-hmm. as... Joe fucking blow on the shorts. That's right. Five million versus five dollars. That's right. It's fucking insanely so right. So on the big scheme of things, you look at the totality of what the UFC is getting sponsorship. Yes. And the UFC is the one producing the eyeballs, not necessarily the fighter. You're right. Because if Conor McGregor was still fighting in cage rage, he wouldn't have as many followers or fans. Oh, definitely not. If Conor McGregor was fighting in fucking, like, local show... He wouldn't have yeah. as many fans. That's right. So the fact that he made it to the UFC and then got that fucking, those momentous wins that's and right. all that momentum, that's, right. that's why he has all those eyeballs. Even though he's his own personality, that's right. you can't say he would have made it there had he been just straight cage rage. Good point. He wouldn't have. Good point. Right? Um, UFC I, produces the eyeballs. Yes, definitely. Um, so does Bellator these days. You know, Bellator is, is the second I don't miss Bellator events now. Me either. Me either, but I like to think Ryan Bader, he made history, first champ champ in Bellator history. Yep. I wish Bellator um, would start doing every walkout like Dave Rickles, though. Like, oh, I wish, man. I wish a fun walkout would be mandatory for every fighter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it's entertaining. It's very entertaining. Entertainment savvy. They got the production, and they, yep. you know, they have the big screens and the light show. And, yeah, man. And they they really buy into their fighter's character. Yeah, I fucking dig that shit. And I like it too. It kind of brings it back to pride, kind of. You know, yep. it's very over the top. But um, Ryan Bader has to be getting paid. I if hope not, so. Um, can I look it up? Is there a place to look it up? I'm not sure. You can probably look up his disclosed payday from Bellator alone, but that doesn't include, you know, whoever else he has. As far as sponsors, then you have guys in the UFC. They have the little Monster Energy emblem. Yes, on that means shorts. that they're personally sponsored right. as well as the group sponsorship. Right, right. And now this new Perry Match. It's called, I believe, it's a betting website. That's that's out there now. The Port, what? It's called Perry Match, I believe. It's on some of the European um, canvases and stuff like that. And then you have what? What was the other one? Portable Protein Pack, which I believe all these things are just. Uh, investments with the UFC. They're forking up enough money, or you think the UFC owns part of the company? I think the people that own the UFC might have stakes in these companies. So Bader got 150k flat. Yeah, that's not much, man. Emilenko got 300k flat. So that's win or lose, it doesn't matter. And then Mm. you get, like, uh, Henry Corrales got 70k. 35 arrive, 35 to win. So I... Pico got 45. Pico, man. Yeah. He's, He's the next big thing. Not that night. Juan Archuleto versus Ricky Bendeas. That yep. was a wicked fight. It was a really good fight. Uh, Bendeas got 30. Juan Archuleto got 25. Uh, Adele Altamanini. Yeah. He looked good. Yeah. He got 20K. 10 to show, 10 to win. But that's not much. Man. No. Like well, here, Thor, Thor Skanky. <laughs> 
Thor Skanky. Skanky. I'm sorry. S K A N C K E. Skank Key. Yeah, well. Skank Key. I wonder where he's from. I'm not saying it wrong. <laughs> Thor, well, he's definitely from Asgard. He's definitely from Asgard. Definitely, he got 3,000. That's it. 15 to show, 15 to win. That's like. That's about as low as you can fucking that, get. Did that fight, like, open the main card? Well, no. Here, look. It goes all the way down to the bottom. 15K is apparently the cheapest. So, Steve Ramirez, 15K. Desmond Torres, 15, 3K. So, 15 to show, 15 to win. All these lower dudes, the two lowest matches were 15K. Oh, no. Multiple 15Ks. Wow. And then there was some, like, one dude fought a 15K. Weber Almeida. He got 5K, 5K. He got 10K. AJ Agazam got 12K, so he negotiated himself good because the dude who beat Agazam only got 5K, and he really? probably negotiated himself up because he's 25 to show, 25 to win. Uh, Jesse Merritt only got 15K. So, like, bottom of the barrel, like, it's, it's not a lot of money. So no. you think you're on a big show, you think you hit it big, but our championship fight in a local event was 8K to show, 8K to win. Yeah, so or eight cast, eight hundred. I mean, eight hundred. Yeah. yeah, which is like yeah, sixteen hundred yeah. in total. So, and that was a local show title. Yeah, shit. I mean, but I'm a fucking hustler. Mm -hmm. So I was making many about twenty five hundred per event. Right. Off of t-shirts, sponsorships. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We were selling spots on the back of the t-shirt. Yep, so we were getting like thirty t-shirts, selling them at twenty five dollars a pop. Yeah. And then we were putting the sponsors on the back of the T-shirts and the walkout banner and showing them out on social media. Yeah, sorry. And each sponsor was paying three hundred. The main sponsor was paying six hundred. Yeah. I think one event we had nine sponsors, so eight at three hundred and one at six hundred, and yeah. then profit from the the thirty T-shirts that sold. Yeah, so, so it's not a bad did, day. Many did fucking good. For a young guy. I was a hustler. I didn't take any of it. I just wanted him to do good. Yeah. Yeah, because that would have been his only source of income at the time. I think I took like 5%. I don't know. Well, I mean. Well, I did a lot of fucking work. If something. I would have taken some, I fucking deserved it. But Just whatever. You have to take something. But, I mean, that's not including their sponsors or what. It's just, it's a, it's a fucking it's... hard conversation because you have people that have to pay their gym memberships. Yes. Right? Like, cause fighting isn't free. Yeah. And then if it's an MMA-friendly gym, that means there's a pile of other MMA guys that are all in the same struggle. Mm -hmm. And then if you have two guys in the same weight class, who does the coach pick to fight? Yeah. Right? That's right. And then if you're making your own fights, are you going to have people cornering you? Yeah. Because there was sometimes when my fighters tried to go make their own fights, and I was like, well, guys, listen, I have a life. I'm not going to that <clears throat> event. That's right. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, so I can't make my life about that. No, I'm already sure. fucking so busy. Yeah, that's right. That's like right. I had to skip Saturday because my wife told me Friday that we had to go for a drive. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so we're going for a drive. She didn't tell me yet. She didn't tell me we were going anywhere special. So I'm like, okay, where are we going? And she's like, uh, the valley. What do you mean the valley? She's like, you know, like just the valley. We have to go pick up a horse. What do you mean we're picking up a horse in the fucking valley? So the valley's eight hours away, right? Yeah. So I hook up the trailer, and I'm like, okay. So I have to cancel the next day. So you guys did Saturday without me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you showed up, but. Uh, well, no, because I had that, well, my grandmother oh, yes, passed yes. away. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. No and, uh, yeah, so that, you know. So that sucked. Yeah. So you, you missed know Saturday. I you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, likewise. And, um, 
Yeah, you definitely hate missing Saturdays because Saturdays are a little more lackadaisy. You and come we in eat and, sushi afterwards. Yeah, you you know it's a hangout thing. Yeah. So that sucks. So you went to the yeah. valley. So I went to the valley. Got we some horses. Drove up. Drove eight hours. Yeah. Fucking wrong GPS. GPS is supposed to be ten minutes shorter. So GPS auto corrects and takes you on the shortest route. Yeah. Ten minutes shorter added an hour to our trip because it was a fucking skinny two lane highway going through country back roads in the fucking dark while I have a horse trailer on. Ugh. Yeah. So it added an hour to our trip. With with your truck? Yeah. Truck and trailer. Oh, and I'm sucks. driving and she's like fucking clinching like scared to death. It was horrible. And you can't turn around. You get fucking truck and trailer yeah. on like a dark back road. Like it's hard enough to back up and yeah. turn around in the daylight. Yeah. It's not like you can just whip it around. No. You can't turn around anywhere. So it was fucking miserable anyway. So I drove for 16 hours over two days Yeah. off of, uh, hey, Kent, we got to go for a drive. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Because, well, you might have said no. Fuck. Like you have the option. Yeah. <laughs> when I said I do, I stopped yeah. saying no. Exactly. That's why we have fucking 40 horses. Yeah. We don't own them all. No, you guys just board them up, yep. right? Put them up there. Yep. That's why you're like a farm boy. Exactly. That's why you do all that dirty work. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so it, it'd be hard just to go to any event. It'd be hard to just up and leave. Yeah, and people don't get that. They for, book for their own nothing. events and they're like, hey, Kent, I'm fighting on the fucking 23rd. And like, That's cool. Yeah, well. Have fucking fun. See you when you're back. Yeah. Let me know if you win or lose. Because you can't just uproot. You can't just, for no money. No. Especially at an amateur Yeah, level. nobody's paying me shit, man. Yeah. I mean, at the amateur level, you might get your hotel covered. Mm-hmm. Most likely you get it covered, but it's fucking, it's a dump. First of all, like, I mean, we were never fancy, but it's hard to just uproot and spend money on food and gas, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And then when one of your guys are an amateur fighter, or even a professional fighter, they can't contribute. Yeah. I mean, they have to, but they technically can't. Exactly. You know, so that's frustrating as hell. But, um, yeah, are you relieved at times that we're not doing the MMA thing anymore? For reasons yes. like that. Yes. There's multiple reasons. Yeah. Like the first time I, I was not enamored, what's the other word that's close to that where you're just not happy? Because um, when, when Tyler started fighting, Tyler was a unique case. Yes. Because I didn't start this for MMA. Yeah. I started this for jujitsu. I wasn't going to have an MMA class. Right. Tyler showed up. And it's gi, because I loved gi. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, no, you know, I think I'm not going to wear a gi. I mean, bro, it's fucking gi classic. Yeah, no, you know, I'm just going to just gonna wear no gi. What the fuck, man? Just so for the that record, guy, yeah. that sounds nothing like Tyler. No. So people know. No, well, t- <laughs> Tyler's cool, right? Yeah, he's a But sh- that's how it was. Like, he yeah. just didn't want to wear a fucking gi. It right. took me a long time to get him in a gi, and then you couldn't get him out of the gi. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah. But he just wanted to fucking fight MMA. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Kent... I booked an event in Moncton. I'm going to fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck. All right. I'll go with you. So four or five of us pile into the vehicle. Mm-hmm. We drive up. We all stay in the hotel room together. We're slumming it. Yeah. We're all broke. Yeah. We're all poor as fuck. Yeah. And I loved it. We yeah. had so much fun, man. Oh, like, for they sure. were the days. We were memories, like <clears throat> laughing our heads off, right? The car ride up is fucking entertaining. Everyone's fucking having a blast. And then I remember one time someone was like, yeah, man, I booked a fight. I'm like, okay, cool. And they tell me when, where. I'm like, all right, cool. And then like, yeah, I'm going up with my girlfriend, though. What do you oh, mean? Yes. And I'm like, fuck, what, what do you mean? They're like, well, you know, 
she wants to go. And I'm like, well, fuck. It's not, I can't say anything about that. Right. But then I drove up on my fucking own, and I had to get my own hotel. And I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this ever again. Just a corner. So I was the beginning of the like, end for me. Yeah. And after that, that's when I laid down the laws. Like, listen, if you guys book your own fucking fights, I may or may not go. Yeah. And since then, there's been a few times where I didn't. Yeah. The boys went up, they fought, and for I sure, wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. You know? And love me or hate me over it. Oh. But I mean, like, <clears throat> come on, guys. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, you're fighting for pebbles. Or next to nothing. Or nothing. And you want me to spend a shit ton of money that I don't have yeah. to go yeah. up and corner you. Uh, especially not if you're going up with your girlfriend. You can fuck forget that. Yeah, right I'm not away. driving. I'm not no. We're all splitting you. a room and fucking laughing or I'm not going. Yeah, it either has to be <laughs> Sorry. like a fun fellas trip. Yeah. Not going to fucking bunk up with your missus. Yeah. Not driving up with your missus. We'll take our time and go up together. Exactly. I understand that. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, so that, that's one aspect of it. Yep, that, that killed it for me. You know, like, honestly, this is going to sound kind of cold. I hate seeing people get their heart broken. Like when they lose, you mean? No, I do not care about the losses. Yeah. I'm okay with people losing. Uh-huh. I don't think that's actual heartbreak. Yeah. Losing is embarrassing to people because they feel like they let others down. Correct. But the people that care about them don't care they lost and the people that don't care about them that are enjoying the loss don't fucking matter true so those people can all go fuck themselves all those people and the people who care about you they don't care that you just lost yeah at all they love you yeah right that's right so you didn't let anybody down if you love like if you lost the fight so i i don't care i don't think that's real heartbreak my heartbreak aspect comes from someone like tyler or Minnie who puts in fucking nine hard fights yeah cuts the weight makes the weight fights the fight wins loses to have their dreams crushed when they realize that they have to get a job yeah that breaks my fucking heart yeah. if there was more money in mma if there was a uh, like some type of system like when you're a welder you're an apprentice welder and you're fucking working your hours and you have somebody with you and then you build your way up and you're a fucking your middleman and then you're journeyman and red seal but there's a stepping like uh, there's a fucking clearly defined ladder mm-hmm. in MMA it's like you're broke, you're broke, you're broke, you're living with your parents, you're broke, you're broke, you're a bouncer, you're broke, you're a bouncer, you're broke, your security, you're broke, your security, you're broke, you have to get a real job or get divorced. Yeah, technically. Really, I mean, at the end of the day. It's like, it. you either make the, the fucking big leagues or you don't, but like, even if you make the big leagues, you did not make it, because you can make the big leagues, lose your fucking, like, your contract, yeah. Yeah. and then you're, fu- you're, boom, you're construction worker gang, you're a welding inspector, you're working alongside me, you're something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like, it's it's heartbreaking for me. Yeah, it's... Because I, I see these people's dreams, and I feel the dreams, but I'm there with them, I'm fucking dreaming with them. Yeah. You know, I still have that rule. I won't go to a UFC yeah. unless I'm cornering somebody. Right. I'll never go. No, I, and you know what? They're much more enjoyable at home. I was at two of them. Yeah. And you can't see shit. Everyone's drunk, and then none of them, <laughs> no one in the crowd knows what the fuck they're Stand up. Yeah. Grab them by the they're dick like, and twist it. Yeah. They're like, just stand up and punch them, stand and bang. It's like, you know, typical yep. shit. Yeah, stuff that I'm just not fucking. Yeah, no one that I hang out with is going to say that shit. Yep. I know I can sit there and have a beer if I want and enjoy the fights. 
You know yeah. what I mean? And the beer costs you what it costs you. It doesn't cost you like a fucking pile of money. Yeah, like nine dollars. That's pretty crazy. For a lukewarm tall boy. It's <laughs> lukewarm, eh? Yeah. That sounds fun. No, it's it's fucking gross. Yeah. But yeah, and so to see those dreams shatter, right? It's hard. Like it's. I don't it's, like it's it. Tough. It's I don't tough. like it because I'm I'm sensitive with people I care about. Yeah. And to see people I care about have that happen, where it's like it just didn't work out. That shit fucks me right up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's like everyone loves you when you're winning. Yes. You know, like other than your coaches and your immediate family, yep. no one gives a fuck that you lost. No. Like you said, everyone's like, oh, well, he tried and he failed. You know, moving on. But, you know, your family, your immediate family, your your coaching staff, they see they see what takes place, yep. you know, behind the scenes. And it is, it's heart-wrenching. Exactly. It truly is. Yep. It truly is, so. But yeah, so no more MMA. This shit's hard. Mm. This shit's tough. Unfortunately, I think I don't think Jordan's out there, man. I think he got tied up or something. Well, it he, happens. He, he's a hustler too. Yeah, I know. He's. Yeah. Well, he said he was going to be joining us from the from the sauna. Well, uh, we'll we get him on next week or yep. something. He's busy. So. All right, so let's go over the fights then, because Beltor had a lot of good fights. Yeah, on. they were good. They were good. Aaron Pico, what the fuck? That was a shocker. See, you can have everyone in the world. He has the best. He fucking people. dropped him, bro. With that beautiful uppercut. And then it was just like, he, yep, nope. See, he's one of those. He's 22 years old. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, he's, this takes nothing away from his stock, in my opinion. Definitely not. One thing I didn't like was his post fight press conference. He was kind of gloating, saying that if he went up against people of his own record, which is now four and two, he would destroy them. Mm hmm. Now, I get that, and I know, you know, he's a Golden Glove boxing champion. He's a stellar wrestler. He's dealing with the best of the best down in, in California there, mm -hmm. working with people like Freddie Roach. But you just lost. Yeah, man, you just got knocked the fuck out. You just got knocked the fuck out. Shouldn't be shitting on anybody. It, it's like, listen, you know what? I'd like to see a little more humble pie on, on, mm -hmm. on his behalf. Because I'm, I'm okay with that attitude. Like, I'll be back. I'll be back fine. Yeah. I'll be back right away. Yeah. That shit don't bug me. But, like, don't. I don't know. But you just got smoked. There, well, it's just there's a time. Yeah. And it's that's what bugs people, right? Like that's I know that's what bugs me because I am okay with people bragging. I am. I'm yeah. okay with people talking about their accomplishments. I'm okay with you telling the world how good you are. Yeah. Right. But there's a fucking definite time. Mm -hmm. And right after I get knocked out by opening up and fighting a game I shouldn't have been fighting against yeah. a fucking wounded dog. That's right. I wouldn't be fucking gloating. Yeah. Like, you got beat right there because you fucked up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And the announcer was fucking saying it. Yeah. He should not expose himself like that right no. now. He dropped the dude, and then he swarmed him and fired fucking hook bombs trying to, like, kill him, kill him. Yeah, and, like, from the hip, had him clinched. Yeah. was thrown. He, I mean, he, he. I'm sure he knows better. Dude, it was not He's the right time. Still very inexperienced yep. in the sport, although not... He does have the experience with combat sports, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But not at a level like Bellator or or, or the UFC or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think this kid debuted on like the, the debut Bellator card at Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. He's been fed to the wolves his entire career. Yeah. Let's not forget that. I and mean, he's only four and two. He'll come back better. He, you know, he's he's a superior athlete. Oh, he's beast, yeah. So fun to watch. And that's what um, I'm saying. Like I I don't think he has any there's no stock. 
You know, like I don't no. think I don't think it went down at all. No, people are gonna watch him again. His name is still gonna sell. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, I feel like his. If anything, see, I don't know him. I never spoke to the guy. All I know is what I see in the media and his interviews. But that that kind of set me, set me in line with him. It's like, dude, you should be, should be putting your head down right now, and you should, you know, you should be. I don't want him to be sad, but I think he should be a little more humbling. Mm-hmm. You just got lit up. Yep. By a guy you probably took lightly, mm-hmm. you know, probably because yeah, well, you're Aaron Pico. Yeah. You were four and one at this point. Everyone's talking about you. You're working with T.J. Dillashaw, <clears throat> Cub Swanson, all these best in the world guys. Yeah, I get it, man. I do. But being humble is better than putting on a front like that because mm-hmm. people are just going to roll, roll their eyes at you. Yeah, you know what happens next time you lose. Yeah, you know, talk he, shit again. He's learning. He's learning, and he he will come back better. I just oh yeah, he's young, just as give it time. Inexperienced mistake. That's all. Everybody learns when yeah. they should say shit, and that's another problem. Like maybe he's sitting there right now, like fuck, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, and man, it happens. Like you say stuff, and then it's out there forever, and maybe you fucking should have kept your mouth shut, right? Yeah, like, like there's accidents happen. There's man. no deleting the internet. Yep. Once you put it out there, you put yourself out there, you put your character out there, it's it's hard yep. to follow that up, you know. But hopefully he does the talking with his next fight. Yes. Comes back. Uh, what did you take on uh, AJ's fight? Did you watch that one? AJ Ag- Agazine? No, I did not. It was pretty, I, uh, pretty bad. It was, it was on before I got to it, and uh, no, I didn't watch it. It just seemed, I don't know. Like, everything I read, and then I seen him, like, leaning out for that picture. I was yeah. like, nah, I don't want to watch it. No. And, like, man, I, I got no problem with him. I actually like him. Like, I, I like his style of being a, a dumbass. Like, I like his style as a grappler. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I like the way he talks. Like, I like I watched him in one match, and he fucking just lost. And he was still, like, bragging. Like, yeah. And he got a shoe thrown at him at a Polaris. Yes, that's I, right. I fucking love that shit. Like, I don't care. He, like, because it's grappling. It's just, it's whatever. And yep. he knows he's full of shit. That's yep. the point, right? Like, with Pico, it's different because he said it out of, like, dead serious, I'm the best in the world. Yep. But I'm pretty sure Agazam knows he's fucking, like, just full of shit, right? Oh, I'd say, yeah. I would say definitely. I like the whole troll thing. Yep. I don't know. I get it. Yeah. No, I and I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan of his approach to grappling. He's very aggressive, very wrestling heavy. Yep. You know, had exciting matches with Benson Henderson. I believe it was in, in Polaris. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. Let's see him and Dylan Danis fight in Bellator. Oh, I'd watch that for sure. I'd watch it too. Yep. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah, uh, what else is on the card? I'm just going to look it up real fast. Give her. Give her. Um, we talked about Bader. His stock is through the fucking roof. I think mm-hmm. he's a free agent. What? I think. What, do you think UFC would want him back right now? I don't think. Try to put them against somebody while he's hot? I, uh, I don't think. I think he just had too many ups and downs in the UFC. I think mm. he he was always a top top level fighter. Lots. Yeah. Lots. You know, he had ups and downs. He he lost to, got like he was fighting like Anthony Johnson on his tail end of the UFC career. How tall or how heavy was Johnson then? He was at uh, light heavyweight. Okay. Light heavyweight. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, he there's there's no doubt his stock is through the roof right now. 
Um, <clears throat> if you want to go elsewhere, you could, but I don't think you will. Mm. I think you'll hang around. I think you'd be crazily built right now. There's a lot of money there. Yep. A lot of money. Money, right? Yeah, exactly. Everybody likes money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jake Hager, or Jack Swagger, as most people will know him, <laughs> yeah. uh, coming over okay, from WWE. Okay, first off, who was the fellow he fought? His name's J.W. Yeah, Kaiser. No, no listen. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. I mean... Who was he? I think he was an employee at like Midas down the street or something. They're like, like, hey man, you looking to die this evening? <laughs> I'm, I'm so serious. When, I, like, I, I was watch. watching it and I seen him come out. Now, I don't even think they gave like proper credentials. They're like, and it's, remember the dude who got kneed in the face by Mark Kerr? Way oh, back in the day, he's like, he's an army ranger specializing yeah. in nunjutsu. They're like, yeah. they didn't even use a real fucking martial art. Yeah. Or they he invented his own martial art. Like, he was a yeah. Midas employee yeah. from down the street, <laughs> yes. and he just walked in, and yeah. they're like, uh, listen, we're going to give you $50. We need you to fucking fight Mark Kerr. <laughs> yeah. Okay? At the time, we, we're like... not sure Mark Kerr can win against anybody who knows submissions. Yes. So we want you to just swing at him, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm not talking yeah. shit about Jack Swagger. I don't know who Jack Swagger is. I don't watch WWF. No, no, no. Right? But, like, I, I'm fucking, I just watch that dude, and I'm like, he doesn't know how to fight. Yeah. This guy is, I don't think, can we Google him? Google him. J.W. Kaiser. What, what does fucking Joe Rogan say? I'll be the Joe Rogan, and I'll be like, just pull that shit up. Is <laughs> yeah. that what he says? Says it to, to uh, Jamie, yeah. Who's Jamie? He's. I don't want you to be my Jamie. I want no. you to be my John. No, I'm definitely not Jamie. So you're my you're my John. Pull that shit up, John. J W Weiser. I think I, that man. I guess so. Hold on. I might be. J W. Kaiser. This guy might not even have anything <laughs> on the internet. Type it in, then type in MMA. Maybe he has J. a record. W. Oh I yeah, I, I see him. J W Kaiser. Doesn't definitely does not have a Wikipedia page. However, he does have a sure dog page. Let's check okay, him good. out. Good, good, good. His record's 0-2, for the record. Okay. So that he was 0-1 walking into the ring with a professional wrestler athlete. Correct. Okay. Uh, who was a well a decorated NCAA wrestler. Oh. In, in a previous life. Oh. Oh, I'm talking about Jack Swagger, not not this. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, not, I know. I'm following. This. I'm following. I'm with you. Um, yeah, me he's, and you are together right now. Okay, so it gets a little more hairy. He's 41. Okay. Um, so we're all in agreement uh, that this was yeah. not like okay, right? Yeah, no, he's he's six foot, two hundred twenty pounds, very tiny, fucking heavyweight. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Uh, he should not have. I mean, it's Jack Swagger. Don't get me wrong. Everyone was probably like, oh, he's. We coming, all knew that that was being fed. So I'm not the only one who thought that that was like a feeding, right? One hundred percent not. But I, like, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. I used to love the old pride feedings. Oh, yeah. Like, let's just give this dude a tomato can. And they had, like, a cast of... Remember in <laughs> WWF back in the good old days where it would be like, okay, guys, everybody get ready. We got Hulk Hogan versus Joe Brown. I, I think they still do it, man. Dude, and I it's like, dude it. walks out and he got his fucking, like, little tights on. He got no logos. Nobody, yeah. fucking, nobody knows him. He's just no-name yeah. brand. Yeah, he's just right? trying to make a right, name. Guys, Ultimate Warrior versus John Smith. Yeah. And poor John Smith's in there all pumped up. Yeah, man. He doesn't even get a walkout yep. on television. No, he's, just, he's just waiting He's already there. in the ring waiting for the warrior to come down. <laughs> he's just waiting patiently. Yep. Yeah. Like, they did that in pride. Yeah. Oh, 
all the time. They had a whole cast of guys. What was the dude who did Alexander Otska? Do you remember him? Oh, I know the name. He would jump in the air and throw like a side flying kick and then just fall to the ground. Yeah. He would jump in the air and he would fucking like actually, a missile. Dude, like he'd a, be sideways like a missile. It's like a dropkick. Hoping you'd walk into him. Like a wrestling dropkick. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, I love Alexander him. Otska. But well, I wonder what his record is. Oh, God. It's probably not Jesus, good. who knows? I don't want to look it up. I probably can't even spell it. Otska. Otska. Um, so, yeah, I seen this fucking Kaiser guy at the weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. This is not good. This guy looks like, I said, either works at Midas or like he hunts crocodiles for a living down in like some fucking where in Florida somewhere. He looks like a hillbilly. Much, much smaller than, than Jake Hager. I don't want to call him Jack Swagger because he looked pretty good considering he arm triangled the guy. Atsuka. Alexander Atsuka. Atsuka. Okay. okay. But I mean, Jake Hager debut looks good. You know, he's, he's over 30 years old. He's mm-hmm. getting into it late. Yep. But we've seen it with Brock. We also seen it get destroyed by the likes of CM Punk, which mm-hmm. we don't talk about. But um, I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with fucking big names coming in and fighting. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I like so circus hard. acts. So hard to watch. No, if not for Skill me. wise, I, it made no. me sick. Kent. I had to get up and no, leave I don't the room. Care. I'll just watch. I had to get up and leave the fucking room. Just it was don't terrible. Care. Terrible. Bring it on. Uh, then we had uh, uh, Joanne Atchaleta who. Trains with Aaron Pico, TJ Dillashaw, all yep. these savages down in California. And he moved California. like him, too. He looked good. Incredible. Yep. Incredible. Yeah, really fun fight. Um, mm-hmm. We know the result of that. He beat Ricky ben... Benderes. 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 Ricky Benderes. Nice fight. And Ricky Benderes is the guy who just beat um, the Conor McGregor dude, like the... Oh, uh, fucking uh, James Gallagher. Yes. James Gallagher. Ricky Benderes is the guy who fucking put him up against the cage and fucked him a little. Sweet chin music. Yep. It was beautiful. Yep. James Gallagher is uh, headlining the next Bellator event in Ireland. I think. Sweet. It's and and I'm I'm cool with that. Like I I, yeah. I said it after yeah. that fight. He didn't lose any stock. No. I'll watch him again. No, 100. percent And there's. But a, um, that dude might have lost a little bit of stock with that fight, and he shouldn't have, because that was a wicked fight. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But because he's like just a guy who beat a guy. Yeah. It, it doesn't gain you stock unless you beat a few guys in a row, that's and right. then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, he's fucking coming." That's right, right? No, that's right. But but he he pulled the short straw there because Archuleta looked fucking great. He did, yeah. I mean, Archuleta's he's twenty one and one. He's that's been cool. around, yeah, man. That's that's and cool. He's, uh, Was his loss recent? No, I don't believe so. I can, I can look it up here. I'm I'm making you work, bro. No, that's all right. Make him work. One sec. We also have UFC this weekend. Let's Sweet, who's fighting? Um, Rafael Asanyo and Asunsao. Asunsao, thank you. What did I say? Asun- Asanyo. No, I I just like Asunsao. Asunsao. He's I, I fighting, think it um, means like a cow hanging out in the sun. Asunsao. Asunsao. <laughs> sure. That's how I say it. That's an easy way to remember it. Asunsao. Asunsao. Yeah. Asuncow. Yeah. Uh, he's fighting uh, Marilyn Marais. Ooh. And then Jose Aldo fighting R- Renato Moicano. Good all, fight. All those fighting. Aldo has three fights left, and he's going to retire after it. Good for him. Cool. Who am I looking up? Juan Archuleto. 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 Yeah, that's the guy. Let's see when he lost. I think he's on some kind of surge, man. Like he's been 
He hasn't lost in a long time, I don't think. He has one loss by submission. Let's see. Oh, right, it was a while ago. Real long time ago. Last time he lost was in his third professional weight. So a while ago. A while ago. In his seventh professional fight, he lost via submission. That's great. Since then, he has not lost. He lost via triangle choke. Nice. Long time ago. Um, yeah, he's a stud. Fun to watch. Can't wait to see what's next. Um, there was nothing wrong with that opponent. Um, and then, yeah, uh, that Adil Alatamini, Chris Pratt. I don't know if you know who Chris Pratt yeah, is. Yeah, well, he was in there. He was, he was in, in the, the corner ring. with him. It's yeah. pretty cool, yeah. And Does Chris Pratt train? He has a wrestling background. Okay. There's video footage of him on the internet. He was in Brazil training with the Nogueira brothers, training okay. and wrestling. So cool. he knows a thing or two. Like um, I will watch him. Yeah, he's cool. If he wants to fight, I will support yeah, him. Yeah, he makes so much fucking money. He doesn't yeah. need Yo, to do that. Oh, he doesn't need to ever. I'm just doesn't saying need. it's fucking cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> looking at the preliminary card, not a whole lot of big names there. Um, it was good. Good card. I enjoyed it. Let's look at the UFC now coming up this weekend in Fortaleza, Brazil. Hafiel Asuncao. Versus Marlon Moraes. I believe this is a, a rematch. I think it's a rematch. Marlon Moraes. I believe so. Uh, Jose Aldo, former featherweight champ, taking on Hanato Moicano. Uh, Damian Meyer, Lyman Good. I'm in. Ooh, Lyman Good back? Lyman Good, yeah. Jesus. Lyman Good was in like a staple in Bellator for years, remember? Mm-hmm. And then he came back. Who was the guy? Lyman. Was there a Wyman who got into Matt a... Matt Wyman. He got into an altercation outside of the UFC and got fired. Maybe. Like, dude was, like, turned out to be, like, a fucking gangbanger or something. I'm not sure about that. I'm not looking it up. Fuck, I'm not I was going to say... I'm not fucking like, Jamie. Jamie. No, we need, we need a Jamie. We need someone... There's no room in here, but... We we'll need build a room for Jamie. We need a room. W-I-M-A-N. M-M-A. I know Matt Wyman was a fucking savage, though. Yeah, I think he was also a criminal. I don't want to <laughs> say that and then get charged with libel or some shit, so I'm Googling it. Handsome Matt Wyman. Maybe it wasn't him. I don't, who knows? Let's see. I know there was a guy way back in the early days of the UFC. Um, the fuck was his name? Something Lee. Lee. He was a British guy. Yeah. He was also, he, like, he, he was... Fucking, he beat Tito Ortiz in a bar fight. Yeah. And then he was part of the... The biggest bank robbery in British history. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's not in jail. I think he's, like, somewhere in the Caribbean or no, something. No, he ended up getting in Is jail. He? he went somewhere where there was, like, a non-extradition treaty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. What the fuck was his name? Something. Lightning Lee Murray. Yes, Lee yep. Murray, yeah. Fucking right. Fucking legend. Um, just to get off topic here, yep. Jordan just messaged me. Didn't even think about the time difference. Ah. So... That's hilarious. He said he's... Oh. Is that him? That's him, yeah. That's your ringtone? I guess so. What the How fuck? How do I even... Hey, man. Hey, look <laughs> at that rash guard, you sexy bitch. Isn't that pretty awesome? It yeah, is. Very nice, man. You, you hear us okay, man? Yeah, I can hear you guys. All right, sure. perfect. 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 All right, so join us now, guys. It's it's uh, it's a little late. My bad, but I should have told you about the time change, man. But yeah, um, I didn't even think about it. I was te- I was teaching kids all the way through, and then I got done. And 
I, I actually thought that we were going to start at 6.30 our time, but I didn't even realize you guys were two hours ahead of us. Oh, yeah, shit. Oh, man. Well, you're on now. Um, to pronounce your last name for me. Uh, Peitzman. Peitzman. You call it. Was Ken I Cole. right or Ken, you right? Ken was right. I was right. Peitzman. Peitzman. Right on. Nice. So, yeah, so uh, promoter, CEO of Subspectrum out of Grimes, uh, uh, Iowa, correct? Correct. Oh. Oh, no. What we the lost fuck? him. Where'd you go, man? I want that shit to start dancing me again. There, there he is. is. All right, all right. Hello again. All right, I'm back. Sorry, I, I don't know. It sounds like I was getting a phone call from you. Oh, that's, that's weird, funny. man. Okay. Very weird. Gotcha. A- anyway, you're back. Uh, yeah, Grimes. so from Grimes, Iowa, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, coach of No Coast, BJJ. Yeah, No Coast, we're, uh, we're in uh, Urbandale. It's just a little bit away from my hometown. Uh, started like three years ago with like 12 students, and uh, through the course of the three years, we're now over 210 students. Holy so it's been, Yeah, it's been awesome to watch this this program grow and just the city of Des Moines uh, learn and grow around the sport of jiu-jitsu. Is That's there incredible. a lot of clubs around you? Um, so in Des Moines there's itself, there's uh, probably three or four other jiu-jitsu gyms. Nice. Uh, a couple are a little bit more focused on the MMA side of things. We're like one, like one of only two schools here in town that are fully, fully committed to uh, just Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We had that talk earlier. Submission grappling. Yeah, that's that's my way. Like I, I would much rather that. That's actually the direction I'm going in. Uh, do you guys have MMA classes at yeah, I I've brought it down from like an actual MMA class to now it's more of a cardio kickboxing style MMA class. Nice. Okay. So yeah, like we used to do. Yeah, we used to do the hardcore MMA shit, and it was a bunch of broke people, and I need to make a living. You know? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and jujitsu kind of seems to draw people from a little bit. Like, yeah, well, that have that disposal. Well, and that's it, right? Like, I would much rather, and, and speaking from a business standpoint and just a personal standpoint, at this stage in my life, I would my my ideal student is a thirty six to forty six year old male with kids who wants to blow off steam right after work. Yes, exactly, and that's that's pretty much the majority of people in our gym as well too. Yep. It's like that thirty to forty year old, and just somebody that's not necessarily looking to be a competitor, but yeah, exactly to, to to learn a little bit of technique and do something that's going to get them away from you know their their shitty home life or their shitty job or whatever else they want to keep yeah, themselves man. away from. Yeah, de- it definitely builds confidence too, man. Like you see, just Joe blows coming off the street, and they learn a couple things, and just it, it blows blows not their ego, but their confidence through the roof, and it's it's fun to, it's fun to watch. Absolutely, like guys, they they they're like timid to talk or like even you know make any sort of confrontation when they first come in, and just to see them grow and, and gain that confidence. We actually have a guy uh, here in, in in our room. He's like in his fifties, I believe, and he's a he's a law or a defense lawyer. And he said that he would always like he would get shaky every time, every single time he would go to court. His hands would get shaky and he'd be sweaty and everything. And uh, after about a year and a half to two years of jujitsu, basically once he got his blue belt, he said he, he never shakes anymore again. He walks in there confident with his chin up. That's fucking that. wicked. So, yeah, yeah. So that's like one of my favorite success stories for sure. Here. That's so, definitely success story. Yeah, and being yeah. in court must be stressful. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, especially yeah. on the defense side of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I, I want to talk about your logo for No Coast BJJ. I, I looked it up last night, and there was a, a, I guess you can call it fine print in there, detailed-oriented submissions and data-driven grappling. Where'd that come from, man? I, I love uh, that. 
Yeah, so that came from our owner, um, uh, Jared Bard. Uh, he, uh, he is, we are affiliated under Eric Paulson with Combat Submission Wrestling. So uh, that's actually a, a little slogan that they came up with. We uh, took took like a week and went out to Fullerton and trained with Eric. Uh, every year he has like a CSW conference where all the CSW schools get together out there. And uh, we, we came up with that slogan for our new logo. We were working on a new logo. We had an old one that I made on like paint basically because I, I didn't have any graphic design skills at that time. Um, and I made this terrible logo that actually looked, it, it looked like it said no cost to be basically. <laughs> anyway, well, <laughs> so we're like, so, uh, we went with like that, uh, that sacred geometry. Cause that's, that's a big thing that Eric, Eric loves and, and talks about a lot of sacred geometry and, and Jared as well. So we got that new logo built and then, uh, yeah, the, the data driven grappling and, uh, detail oriented submissions. Yeah. It's badass. I like that a lot, man. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as far as your previous, you call shitty logo, I mean, everyone starts somewhere. So, I mean, look at yeah, you guys exactly. now, look where you guys came from, right? Look, look, he is now. So, um, so your business is good, good at the gym. Tell us about Subspectrum. So Subspectrum is a submission only grappling series. Uh, we do both regular, uh, like kids, teen, adult master tournaments, uh, during the day but then we also put on in that like you know the part of the show that i really enjoy putting on is uh the pro portion of the event and that's where we we bring guys in from guys and girls in from all over the country um and we we put together these these brackets usually we pick a weight uh and it's either eight or 16 and then there's a big cash prize for the winner um we've been doing a little bit more with feature matches lately so kind of like what you see with like fight to win or anything right like that, or, right or even like evi you know they've got like a, a couple super fights or feature matches they put on there right so we're doing we're doing that and uh we have our upcoming event in uh march march 2nd here in des moines yep. uh headlined by matt layton who's a really really high level black belt from here in iowa uh iowa city just about two hours here from des moines and then uh he's taking on Devonte bones johnson from unity jiu-jitsu in new york so uh they they were both no world champions at brown belt and uh since black belt have been performing at an extremely high level too so that's a match that i'm extremely excited about and then uh also in our co-main event we have uh keith gregorian so if you've ever if you paid attention to all of uh, the cash prize, like sub only scene, Keith Krikorian is just tearing through everything right he's now. A he's a busy, won, busy guy, man. Yeah, busy he's guy. Won three of, he's won three of our tournaments. So he, he did our first ever tournament uh, so about two years ago. I was playing in our first tournament and he won the very first one. Uh, it was mostly local guys. And then uh, somehow I, I got in contact with him and he decided <clears> to come out. And at the time I had no clue who he was, but he just like ran through everybody at 145. Uh, and then asked to jump into the 170 he did really well there too Shit. he's won two more of our tournaments since then i mean we've seen him everywhere he's been on ebi yeah um, he's been on finishers he's won that one uh he won that one that uh josh would but is it led up or I, I don't, yeah, yeah i'm not sure how to say it I, but, it's, uh, it's the, the sapatero guy yes yes on, so he, he won like five grand there so i think just like last year he was like 77 and two Holy and, shit! And, and, won, and he won something like twenty thousand dollars throughout the year just doing cash prize tournaments. So, yeah, I'm, uh, really awesome. So got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but he's no, taking hey. on uh, John Battle, as uh, a guy from like the Philadelphia area, and they awesome. actually faced at the third finishers event. And uh, Keith kind of like lazily jumped into his guard right at the beginning of the match, and John Battle uh, knee barred him in like eight seconds. Holy shit! So uh, it, it'll be really cool to see. I mean, I, I don't think this match will end in eight seconds. There's no way uh, in my mind that that's going to happen. But it'll be really cool to see how Keith has improved and changed his strategy and just, you know, gotten a lot better over the last two years. 
Absolutely, man. Oh, that that's exciting. And they say there's no money in submission grappling. You know, like he, yeah. Keith isn't making a fortune, but um, he he he's definitely racking up a couple dollars at least. Exactly, and it, it's something you know you got to start somewhere, and that's that's where it is, and that's where I think the sport is at. And it seems like in the last two or three years, you know, ever since I started uh, putting on my tournament, is there's just been a lot more of those tournaments popping up everywhere there, where there are like options for grapplers to make a little bit of money doing this stuff. Yeah, and, and do you believe it'll just continue to excel? It will just continue to grow and grow? I do. I, that's that's the way I see it. I think we're uh, we're seeing like a really important and a really like big growth in the sport. And I think a part of it has to do with the growth of MMA as well. You know, you see you like got big guys like Connor and stuff that are bringing the the forefront of, or MMA to the forefront of the sports world. And then that you get a lot of people that decide, hey, I, I want to try to give this thing a try, but maybe I don't want to get punched in the face. Yeah, of course. So, you, the, you know, jujitsu is like that perfect medium for people to feel like they're doing something that like, hey, that's that's what the guys on TV doing, or that that's what the guys that I watch fight do and uh, jiu-jitsu is that, that good medium where they don't have to get punched in the face but they can still learn some good self-defense and feel like they're, you know, they're doing something that, that, uh, that their heroes are doing as well. Absolutely. How much do you think, you, you spoke of Connor, how much do you think the personality aspect will benefit these guys in submission grappling? You see guys like Gordon Ryan or even Gary Tonin when he was competing more on the submission grappling side. Their personalities are huge. They talk a lot of shit online. That most likely will just benefit them the same way it benefited Connor. Do you agree? Uh, 100%, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think you've seen it already. There's, I mean, there's people, tons of people outside of the sport of submission grappling and outside of the sport of jiu-jitsu who know who Gordon Ryan is. Yeah. And it's because, it's because he is, you know, he talks so much and he puts the crown on, puts the cape on and everything. Yeah. And he, he makes himself a spectacle. And, you know, some people might say, you know, he's acting like a jackass or, you know, he shouldn't be doing that. But I, I'm all for it. I'm all for anything that, that grows the sport. And if there's, you know, a little bit of negative press that comes with it, I think that's, you know, in the end, it's a better thing because we're growing the sport and we're, we're giving more opportunities for people to make money in the sport and there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to yeah no i i agree and i mean at the end of the day we want to be entertained and yes and, and exactly. you and you want to entertain the casual fans i believe gordon gordon went out and said that numerous times that 95 percent of people watching these events are jujitsu practitioners he wants the regular guys to the the, the regular Joes, the sport fans to, to watch his stuff and really really buy into it, so it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely, and I think he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. Oh, I definitely. Think he know, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. I think some people just think he's just kind of a dumb young kid. But I, I say all the time, I think he's I, a I think super jack geek. And strategy to what he's doing. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think what he says is, is, is intelligent. He's definitely intelligent on the mat. He's so much so much fun to watch. It's incredible, but... Yeah, um, I've, I've been checking out some of those videos and stuff from that uh, BJJ Fanatics DVD that they're putting together, and I'm, I'm really impressed with the way that he, he is as an instructor and everything. And anybody that's ever been to one of his seminars says the same thing, that he's yeah. you know, super, super technical and just really good with his words and everything. Yeah. You know, obviously, obviously that comes from being around John so much. But yes. Well, yeah, for, for such a young guy, he has such a an advanced knowledge, not only on the game, but I would assume in life. You know, you, you're hanging out with these guys. You know, not only John Danaher, the GSPs of the world, you know, the, yeah. these people are, are really intelligent people. So I, I don't think he's a dummy. I think he, uh, I think he's very smart. He's, he's fun to watch regardless. Exactly. And that's, you know, he's kind of like the Connor of, of our sport in that way because, you know, he does talk the shit, but then he goes out there and he submits almost everybody. Well, he, he's, you know, he's got a few losses here and there, and, but, but the majority of his wins are by submission. He is able to, to find that win. Um, 
in the, in the quickest way, or not the quickest way possible, in the most surgical way possible. Definitely, you definitely. Know. And I mean, he lost uh, like, I think Philippe Pena twice. Pena twice, yeah. And that was really it. I mean, he he's taken he's uh, by far the best in the world, especially at ultra heavyweight. Mm. But I mean, probably pound for pound. Um, yeah, I would watch him versus Pena another like four times. Mm. Yeah, I would like to honestly. Uh, it sounds weird. I'd like to see them go once a day, every day for ten days, <laughs> ten matches, <laughs> ten days, yeah. winner take all. Yeah, can you imagine the but, like technique and like strategy? Man, do you that? think about that? Actually, you know, eight, eight, and I want two of <laughs> Pena's to already count. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, they're already two. It's two nothing. You can't take that away. So I want a 10-day event. You got to do this. You set this up. So I want a, <laughs> I, I want a fucking, I want an eight-day event, right? Pina's already two nothing. Yeah. Okay? And yeah. then whoever wins the most fucking matches, one match per day. Yeah. Boom. Takes however much money people, because you know, you'll get donations. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hundred bucks. I bet you, think of the whole jujitsu community. I bet you, you could raise quite a fucking purse for something like that. I would say. I don't know how you'd get them both in the same spot. Maybe do all the matches over like a three-day period, yeah. like four hours apart, five hours apart, so they got like a full <laughs> recharge cycle. But you give me eight fucking matches between those two beasts, I'll watch every fucking match, I'll absorb every fucking second, I'll be on the edge of my chair... I'll piss my pants if I have to because I won't move, <laughs> right? And I'll, exactly. bro, I, I'll fucking e transfer you 250 bucks. You set that up. I bet you everybody else yeah. will too. All right, I'll, I'll work on it. That's something. That's a like a area that I haven't delved into yet. Is like crowdfunding for matches, and I'm thinking that it might actually be something that would work. Dude, where else are they getting this money? Do they all have drug dealer friends? Because they're like, yeah, fucking, let's get fucking Gordon versus Cyborg, and then boom, I got 10k. Yeah. Motherfucker, where's that 10k coming from? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. That's what I wonder too. I mean, I mine is just from you know selling tickets and putting yeah. in seminars, things like that. That's how I'm able to pay these guys decent purses that they want to travel all the way to the middle of fucking Iowa. Yep. But, um, but yeah, I mean, crowdfunding would definitely be a Dude, especially if it's a match I want to see. You put yeah. Gary Tonin versus... Dude, that's it. Throw Gary Tonin versus anybody. I'll throw $250 at it. You can put Gary yeah. Tonin against the chimpanzee and Motherfucker, pay, I'd watch know. Gary Tonin fight a skateboard. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't even fucking... I love watching that dude grapple. Yeah, oh, it's... Dude, it's, he's awesome. Yep. He's, like, he's never static. He's just no. from one thing to the next, and to the next, to the next. To go on... Like, stuck in a position. Exactly. Yeah. To go on what you guys were talking about earlier, like, he's the guy I show people. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I'm trying to show a beginner or somebody who doesn't know anything i'm like watch this fucking guy do like the airplane and then cartwheel over someone like check this shit out yeah yeah he's, he's a he's very very exciting that match with paul harris is still one of my oh yeah favorite. whenever someone's starting out i'm like go look at this match like you need to see what it's like with when someone with superior technique takes on a gorilla that's just yeah. strong yeah, definitely. And now he's looking super impressive over at uh, at one at one championship in in MMA. Super yeah, impressive. Yeah, I, I haven't caught a, too many of his fights like full length, but I've seen some of the finishes and stuff. He That's looks, all I've seen really, too. He's, yeah, he's really sharpening his stand up, and definitely. of course his grappling is going to be better than anybody he faces. Yep, definitely. So be, before this whole promoter gig, what what was it? What did you do for a living? So, and, and actually up until very, very recently, uh, I worked for a, a local grocery chain, Hy-Vee. Okay. Uh, they're, just, they're just known for, like, they are, I mean, 
I, I obviously have negative things to say about them just because I, I felt that I was abused during the time that I worked there. Sure. But, but it, I mean, if, you, if you're if you coming from, like, an outside perspective and you came to Iowa, you would think they were, like, the sweetest fucking grocery stores ever. Like, they're, they're huge. They just they have everything you could possibly think of. Like, you walk in the store and it just looks beautiful. Right. Like the produce section is just awesome, just a beautiful produce section, like, awesome meat department, awesome bakery and everything. Um, but uh, it's, it's just turned into a little bit of a corporate corporate gig and uh so i worked for them on and off uh pretty much all through like high school and college and everything and i was working on climbing the ladder there i thought i wanted to be like a, a retail manager or whatever and about a year into that i just decided like this this is not for me it, um they, they were trying to get me to take time out of my training um i was already working like 6 a.m to 6 p.m and like hmm. 6 p.m is when our classes start yeah and they're they're like telling me hey you need to come in later in the day and then stay later and uh i was like well i can't do that like i have training and stuff and they kind of tried to give me a little bit of an ultimatum and uh, so I stepped down from that job and went from like, you know, management just right back down to like regular full time uh, with that job. And then we had like another kind of uh, ultimatum where they wanted to like put me in a certain department that I, I didn't want to do. And I wanted to take some time off. I had accumulated like three weeks of vacation. I yeah. had to take some time off and go out to San Diego to train the Atos yeah. uh, leading up leading up to Nogi Worlds. And uh, they weren't going to let me do that. So <laughs> I just, I, to I told them straight out, like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. And they're like, well, you may not have a job when you get back. Typical. It's, like, it's fine by me. Fine yeah. By me. So I did that and I came back. And of course, I still had a job. Uh, so I continued to work on and off there for like two more years. And then recently, uh, just things are going so well at the gym. I do like all the email marketing, do our signups, run the front desk. Uh, I run our whole kids program, uh, teach a couple adult classes a week. Uh, just do kind of like all the day-to-day -day operations for the gym. So there's just been enough work here at the gym uh, that I was. I decided that it was time to finally step away from that part-time job there and just go full full bore here uh, at No Coast and then just doing everything that I do with Subspectrum. Uh, I have a few little side hustles and things I do on the side to make cash uh, and, and things like that just to make ends meet. But uh, it's definitely a much more happy lifestyle. I wake up in the morning and... You know, I'm always pursuing things that I actually care about or things that I want to do. I'm not waking up and dreading what I have to go do uh, for the day. So it's it's been a really positive experience for me to get out of that, like, working life and into, like, a life of passion that I would call it. Yeah, and isn't that the dream for everyone? You know, like, it, to sitting down listening to this, it's inspirational for myself, but I want you to sit back and think about it for a second. You're going against the grain, man. You're doing what people dream of doing. You should be waking up happy as a pig and shit because you're doing what you want. Yeah. It's, and, uh, like, like, the last month of my life has just been awesome. It's like, I've, I've never woken up and, like, had negative thoughts like it's just constant positivity and, and just this this desire to constantly push forward towards something that i actually have passion for it's awesome i love it yeah and and that's the key if, if you're passionate you're going to give it your all you can only be passionate about groceries for so long you know like yeah not taking anything away from anyone that works in the grocery business or you who worked there for years but when you t tackle something like what you're doing it's it's next level next level yeah. it's it's the amount, the amount of satisfaction and like gratification that you get from it is just it's unmatched compared to like a regular job in my opinion oh even you know even like things like getting a big raise or getting a promotion things like that just they never had the same kind of impact that this kind of lifestyle has had on me oh definitely not especially when you're dealing with something like jujitsu you're dealing with something like jujitsu they're all like-minded motivated people for the most part 
you know exactly and, and, and it's and that's that's the other big thing too is like the difference in the interactions that i have uh at the gym or at tournaments compared to what i had at the store you know at the at the store it was like it was there's constantly these people that think that they hold power over you and they're constantly just trying to like walk all over you and piss on you and just like kick you around and tell you what to do and you know treating you like you are a lesser human being where it's like i come to the gym and every single person respects me and not not because they know who i am or whatever but because i'm a good person and i help people out and things like that where i feel like those those kind of like positive qualities that i have uh, in personal interactions were not being uh, rewarded at all uh, when I was working like a, like a retail job. Those, those people, didn't, they didn't care if you were in person. It's like, you know, how, what can you do for me right now? Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate when, when you're dealing with corporations like that. And I work for the government. It's the same, similar situation where you're only a number, you know, mm-hmm. and you're only as valuable as your last sale or you're only as valuable as the last set of overtime that you did. And then they know that you'll just be gone and then they'll just pick someone else and then you're just a distant memory and look at look at jordan or look at john they're doing what they want how dare they you know poor us we miss them but he's replaceable yeah it's it's a it's a terrible terrible thing but it is a reality for so many people um yeah, so good on you man good on you for doing what you want thank you and finally pursuing it it must have taken a while to build up, I guess, you know, the spunk to do so, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, it was something I always knew that I was going to do, but it was just getting myself to a place financially where I could still pay my bills and, and be able to pursue these things. So, like, and I've been incredibly fortunate. Uh, the owners of No Coast have been, like, like a second set of mom and dad, or, like, a second set of uh, mother and father for me they've they've given me a ton of opportunities here i mean they paid for the mats for, for my promotion and i'm working on sure. paying them back you know with zero interest <clears throat> or anything like so so they've gone out of their way to help me in a lot of ways and, and i'm i'm you know very 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 grateful for that and i really hope to pass that along to somebody in the future yeah it kind of makes it all full circle right or all come full circle um yeah. you started there you started training there how long ago uh, I've been training here for a little over five years. Yeah. Now. I started in like November of 2013, I believe. Awesome. So you started there, yeah. you've been training there, teaching there, helping out with everything else, and then you want to do your own thing, and they say, hey, listen, we see something in you, we want to help you out. That's yeah. great. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, they've been awesome, and I'm, I'm really grateful to have somebody in my life that, that gives me the opportunity to take take these kind of risks for sure yeah because at the end of the day it, it certainly is a risk but there's never any fault in getting a little bit of help from someone no not you know, at all and that's why that's why i definitely want to be able to you know whenever i'm in a position to make a move like that i want to be able to help somebody in the exact way that they help me and pass that positivity and, and all that yeah uh, along to somebody else yeah like paying it forward it's it's a tale yeah. as old as time shit doesn't go unnoticed yeah um yeah, man, that's it's inspirational stuff when you see shit like this because when you're passionate about something and you pursue it and it's successful, like how many shows did you guys have already at, at Subspectrum? Uh, yeah, so this is our seventh one. Awesome. Uh, we've done six in the past. Like the first three were, were like 
basically unknown like nobody even uh really talked about them but they were we did them just like in no coast like our old no coast which is like a 20 by 20 room nice we just had we had the <clears> whole <throat> mat the whole area was matted and then there was like a one foot walkway all the way around the mat so you could just like get to the bathrooms and stuff like that hey man it, um, it sounds like our humble beginnings we used to be in a room upstairs not to cut you off jordan but you used to be oh, yeah. in the same building but upstairs and it was similar to what you're saying it was like I say it was probably 10 by 20, to be honest. And we had just mats and one path. We had one bathroom, and that was it. And then we moved down here. I don't know the square footage down here, but it's much bigger. It's probably about 100 times the size of what we had upstairs. So oh, wow. so hum humble beginnings, you know, it creates great things, really. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, like I was saying, uh, we had, like, those first three events and just, that, like, that small area. And, you know, we're, we're like, borrowing chairs from my, mm -hmm. my uncle or my cousin who runs, like, this redneck, uh, like, outdoor um, pro wrestling. Cool. Production. That's cool, yeah. So, yeah, so we're just, like, borrowing these chairs that have, like, mud all over them and shit. And uh, so it's just kind of funny to think back on that now. But um, And then, like, the fourth event was where we kind of took everything up a notch, where we did, like, a full kids, teens, adult tournament during the day. And that obviously gives you a little bit of, you know, of a budget to work with because you've got all the registrations from the tournament and everything. And that, that allows you to do a little bit more with the pro side of things, which is, like, you know, I love putting on regular tournaments, but I love putting on the pro events even more. You're fine. You can come on in. It's no big deal. Here's Angela. The mama of no coast. Hi, Angela. <laughs> They're saying hi. <laughs> Actually, Ken stepped out. I think he's out there. He's he has a couple sign out or sign ups, so he's out oh, there. Gotcha. So it's just just you and I at the moment, buddy. But gotcha. Um, yeah. So yeah, with that that fourth event, we we took a big step up, and that's where uh, we had Keith Gregorian back. He won our 155 pound tournament. Um, and, and we had a big, you know, $2,000 cash prize, and there was like 150 people in attendance. So that was like the one of the bigger, like, taking off points for us. Um, and then our most recent one, we had uh, like a bunch of really good guys, but our live stream didn't go up. Um, that, that was something that we've always kind of like prided ourselves on is the fact that we have a live stream and being able to push that out to tons of people. Like our Subspectrum 4 stream, I think, was viewed by like 15,000 people. So awesome. that, was like a big, that was like a big deal for us. Um, you know, it may, may not seem like a lot to somebody else, but uh, for like a really small jiu-jitsu promotion in, in Iowa, that was a big deal for us. Yeah, I think um, that's incredible, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it felt like it kind of put us on the map. But um, this this one coming up, just with the, the amount of like hype and attention and like kind of buzz around it like i'm really excited like uh, i think we're finally starting to see uh the impact that we're having in some of those bigger markets we're bringing like a lot of guys in from new york we're bringing a lot of guys in from like san diego la area like uh seattle portland houston so all like the big markets in america and we're pulling people you know fans competitors um etc from those areas so it's really cool to see it kind of take off this time around people actually reaching out to me for sponsorships and stuff it's not not like i'm going to them and begging for it anymore so it's it's cool to see the, uh, where it's taken or kind of taken off from yeah definitely and i mean there's room at the top for more promotions yeah you know because i mean you, you have your big ones you have your ebi like and like polaris fight to win a lot of these ones but the more the merrier i think you yeah know, um, absolutely you you get more of these guys competing more often and they're going to be making more money which generates more money for the whole community yeah exactly i mean you look at like a guy like keith krikorian i mean they're that's how you get people to know your name and how you become like a big name in the sport is just putting yourself out there so many different times and uh 
it, it's great to see that there's so many options for him to do that, that he can just pick a different city every weekend to go to, make a couple thousand dollars, maybe maybe do some private lessons, maybe do a seminar. And, you know, even while he's a full-time student, because he, he is, he's still a full-time student wow. at uh, Cal Fullerton. So uh, while he's a full-time student, he's still making, you know, 20, 30 grand a year doing doing jiu-jitsu seminars and competing and et cetera. So it's, it, it's good for him. It sounds good for, him and good, good for the sport in general. It sounds like a dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. for sure. For sure. Boogie messaged me and asked if I'd sponsor him. This was a while ago, so I don't, he might have got a new sponsor since then because he had an old sponsor. And then Boogie was like, "Man, I got this guy." And once Boogie messaged me, I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And I don't sponsor anybody. I just I got this thing for Boogie, man. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just fuck. He's I, a good dude. Dude, and he, and he loves good. Disney. Like, do you know what my goal is? Do you know why I want to be rich? I want to go. I want to go to Disney three times a year. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking like that's you know people have goals people have dreams and shit and they want to do all this they want fancy watches and fuck i want to drive a shitty beat up truck i want to go to disney three times a fucking year with my kids and, and he loves He's disney so dude you know that's like, like every other week every conversation we have we talk about disney and when he messaged me, he's like, yeah, I got this guy. He's up and coming, brown belt. Fucking, do you want to sponsor him? He's in a contract right now, but it might be done soon. And So I don't know. I haven't heard from him since. But I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then he told me it was Keith. And I had already watched a few of Keith's matches. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. He's fun to watch. Yeah, yep. he's awesome. He's super exciting. And and we he was in our, in Subspectrum 4, it was our last 155-pound tournament. And uh, he, he won three of the four matches in the overtime period. And so there were people, like, saying, oh, he's boring. He just, like, he stalls and just gets to overtime. Like, he's not even that good. And I, you know, he took that to heart because now he went out last year. And, I, like, every single match I saw him in, he submitted every single person. So, like, that's good. You know, he, he, he had some matches that did go to, you know, EBI overtime. And that's going to happen at the higher, like, you know, higher against higher level black belts. But of course. He, he, def he definitely took that to heart and just – went on a wrecking like you know an absolute tear the last year and it's, it's really fun to watch well and look at uh geo and eddie cummings like nobody can say either of them are boring and yeah. eddie got geo in a bad spot geo held his leg for fucking what three four minutes yeah and then won in overtime yeah. and like it, it you know sometimes strategy has to win but at the same time, I'm sure he wishes he put on a different show, but when someone like Eddie takes your fucking leg, hug that shit. Man, exactly, yeah. right? You can't say he's boring. He does fucking crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, competition is competition. A win's a win. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. So, to, eh? some, to some extent, I would say, because we had one issue in our, in our last tournament where the guy who did end up winning, his coach the whole time was just telling him, because there, there was nothing in the rules that, that was against stalling, because it was, it was just simple EBI rules, nothing against stalling, or you know there was no penalty or anything like that. So his coach was telling him, basically, do nothing, and that's what he did. He, didn't, he just disengaged from the guy the whole time, and that's like the only time ever that I've given money to some, like handed a check to somebody that won the tournament, and I was like, I didn't want to let go of the check. Like, I didn't feel like he had deserved it because he, he basically just played the system and, and did everything he could to to not engage and, and win. And uh, it was frustrating, but, I did, you know, I couldn't put that on the athletes any longer. I had to I had to make a change in the rules. So uh, we're moving a little bit away from EBI overtime rules. We're moving into similar to, like, ADCC. So uh, um, it'll be, like, nine-minute matches. 
the first six minutes will be sub only, and then if it goes past that six minutes, it'll be three minutes of like ADCC scored points. Nice. Yeah. So I think that, and we also are implementing like super aggressive stalling calls. So if uh, if somebody gets called for stalling, we're actually going to bring the referee's position from wrestling uh, in. So sure. if you're if you're if you get called for stalling, you're going to be put on the bottom of referee's position. Uh, if you get called for stalling two times, the second time you're not going to be able to receive compensation for that match. Uh, so uh, the way we're doing it now is the the winner doesn't take all the money. Um, every single win that you accumulate throughout the tournament, you you get money. So if you get called for stalling twice in a match, you're not going to receive your compensation for that match. And then obviously, if uh, it happens a third time, you're going to get disqualified. So I just wanted to put those like kind of harsh stalling rules in there, just to keep it keep it lively and keep people moving and not stalling throughout the matches. Like you said, it's a, it's a spectator sport and it needs to be entertaining. So okay. I want to, I, I had to make a move as far as that goes, just to keep that, that culture of like stalling and just like get to overtime and just win there. Yeah. Uh, I had to, I had to rid that a little bit by changing the rules, but I think it'll be really good. I think it will, uh, all the guys seem super excited about it. There's nobody that's really had any, any problems with it. So we'll see how it plays out on March 2nd. Yeah, I think that's great because as exciting as EBI is and how much I, I, I do love it, it's sometimes those overtimes can get a little long in the tooth. You know what I mean? Like it can be it can because guys will play the game and they will just go for ride time. And again, a win is a win. But I like that referee position, especially after those six minutes or, or, or sorry, after stalling, because I think it really puts a fire under guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to want to let somebody just take your back, like referee's position, because that's the dangerous part is they can lock their seatbelt in and jump right in for their hooks. So uh, especially, you know, if it's in the points portion of it and you're, you know, you're, you're up by two or something like that and you don't want to get your back taken, so that's going to cause you to constantly engage. Yeah, I like that. That That's an interesting rule set. I, I think it, it should and hopefully it will catch on. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Good stuff, man. So... Any advice for anyone that does the run of the build nine to five bullshit and wants to go out and pursue their dreams like you? Anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, just find something that you're actually passionate about. Um, it can be like the silliest thing ever, too. It doesn't have to be like some, you know, promoting your own show or like opening your own school. Just find something that you're actually passionate about and just take small steps towards making that um, a big part of your life. I just remember like two or three, maybe four years ago. Um, just obviously being very dissatisfied with where I was at in like my working life. So I sat down and I made a list of all the things that I enjoyed doing or that made me happy. And I, then I, from there, I boiled that list down to like four or five things that I felt like were, were easily attainable or things that I could do on a daily basis that would actually make me money or, you know, set me up financially. And then I just put like all my eggs into those baskets and just try to try to make those things more and more a part of my life every single day. And, you know, even if it starts as, you know, I do this for 10 minutes a day. So maybe you're an artist and you want to, you want to pursue your, your, your career as an artist, you know, instead of, you know, jumping in right away and just like thinking like you have to be like this huge professional doing this for 16 hours a day, just like slowly and incrementally start working more and more of that into your life. And uh, I think that eventually it'll, it'll come to fruition in a way that you can use it um, as like an, as an actual uh, means to making your finances. Awesome. That's incredible, man. Well, yeah. we, we usually do an hour. We're a little bit over now. I, I know we got off. But I think we should reset it up. And yeah. Yeah. Get them on yeah. again. Yeah, we we can set up 
um, whenever you're available, man. Next week, week after, we're we're here every week. So yeah, um, let's do it next week. Well, yeah, and okay. we can we can do it like it's not him being an interviewed yeah. person. We could do it like you just fucking shoot the shit with Definitely. us. One hundred percent. There sure. there doesn't have to be any formality here. There's, yeah. there's a place for rants and opinions and bullshit, right? So absolutely definitely man all right man well uh where can people find you on social media uh so instagram you can find me at jordan underscore jitsu j-o-r-d-a-n underscore jitsu um same on twitter uh facebook jordan peitzman j-o-r-d-a-n-p-e-i-t-z-m-a-n um on youtube uh sub spectrum at sub spectrum on instagram and uh facebook as well uh check us out we got our next show march march 2nd uh it's going to be kind of our taking off point and the, the world's going to be on notice i think everybody's going to be copying on our blueprint on march 3rd badass excellent, excellent so next week i'll remind you of the time change yeah perfect yeah absolutely <laughs> okay buddy thanks for your time jordan thanks buddy absolutely. okay thank buddy you, thank you ken no problem See you later, bro. all the best see you guys bye-bye that was good all right that's it yeah no problem Thanks, guys. We're done for another week. We'll oh, be. Still You're still here. Get back here. We're still live. We're still live. Um, we will see you guys next week. Next Tuesday, we'll have Jordan on again. We'll have a little less formal to it and yeah. shoot the shit a little more. Awesome. Subscribe and buy my shit. Yeah, buy his shit. Is that what I say in videos? <laughs> That's what you say all the time. <laughs> Fuck. Um, also, go over to Black Belt CBD. Use discount code JohnZP. That's J-O-N-Z-P 25 for 25% off all products. Thank you guys as always. See you next week.